He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you have ever had occasion to watch some of the American cable news programs, like the ones on Fox and CNN, that assemble political pundits to discuss the issues of the day, well, if you have, then you are a braver person than I am, because I've given up entirely. What should be an opportunity for intelligent conversation about important issues has become a blood sport with talking heads constantly shouting over top of one another. And when they do pause to listen, it's not with the intent to understand. It's to come up with some insultingly clever rejoinder meant to slap their opponents down in humiliation. The cumulative effect is not only that they have stopped listening to each other, but they have persuaded a significant part of the population to do exactly the same thing. And the result? Division and mistrust all around. It's not the first time that this has happened either. 503 years ago, we Christians did the very same thing. Back then, a German friar named Martin Luther took great exception to some of the admittedly questionable practices of the Roman Catholic Church, and an argument ensued that shook the Western world to its very foundations. Soon, others joined the frame. Before you knew it, there was a lot of shouting going on from pulpits, just like this one. In Switzerland and France, the Netherlands and Italy, England and Scotland, and fingers were pointed, and monasteries and homes and whole towns were destroyed. And by the middle of the 17th century, when the first round of all that fighting was finished, millions, some estimate as much as many as 15 million Christians, had lost their lives, killed by their fellow Christians. It all began because we chose to be deaf. Deaf to Christ. Deaf to each other's legitimate concerns. And the legacy of that willful deafness remains with us today in an increasingly secularized society that is, on the one hand, perplexed by our many divisions, and on the other hand, amused and scandalized by the sniping that still occasionally breaks out among us, sniping that has generally moved from the pulpits now and into social media. This evening, we conclude the annual week of prayer for Christian unity. And the gospel lesson that we just heard read to us can teach us an awful lot about how to be ecumenical in an era when ecumenism seems to be seriously under threat. First of all, we are told that the man's deafness has, not surprisingly, seriously hampered his ability to speak. Second, once Jesus meets the man, he takes him away from the crowd so that they can be alone, just the two of them. And it's only then with Jesus' attention totally focused on him and the man's attention totally focused on Jesus, that the necessary conditions are established for any miracle to occur. Third, it is Jesus himself 
who opens the man's ears and loosens his tongue to speak again, but in the most personal, almost embarrassingly intimate way imaginable by using his own spit. It's only after that visceral contact that the deaf man can once again find his voice. Our divided Christian community can learn several important lessons from that miracle story. The first of which is that hearing and speaking are obviously intimately related, but hearing, listening, comes first. If we cannot hear the voice of Christ over the debates within and surrounding our own narrow denominational concerns, then we will never be able to speak with his authority to the troubled world outside of here. To overcome that obstacle, like the deaf man, we must totally focus ourselves on Christ again, and not on institutions, since Christ alone has the power to heal and unify us. Only by letting him open our ears to hear him and the concerns of our fellow Christians will we have a chance of recovering a united, persuasive voice that speaks to the world about the love of Jesus Christ. Contrary to popular opinion, his church is not dying, but it is evolving. If we want to be part of that process, the process of its renewal and resurrection, then we simply have to get back to basics and start listening again, and allow Christ to use our collective voices to transcend the denominational barriers that still plague us and which, quite frankly, dilute our witness in the world. It is true that what unites us is greater than what divides us. But it is also a false ecumenism that says that the differences between the churches don't matter because they do. We do not worship in our separate buildings just blocks away from one another because we prefer it that way, in defiance of Christ's own prayer that we should be one. We do it sadly because of history. We do it also sadly because there are still legitimate disagreements among us. But in the end, we Christians are still one family, only one family. And we share the same father, the same brother, and the same spirit. Surely there is a way to remind ourselves as a family of what really matters. And this evening's gospel tells us how to do that. Keep our focus on Christ and on his word. As we conclude this week of prayer for Christian unity, Let us then pray for the ability to hear again, to hear Christ, to hear each other, whatever the faith tradition, Catholic, Orthodox, or Protestant. Let us not merely tolerate each other's voices, but join ours with theirs in the very good work that they are doing. May Christ open our ears and loosen our tongues so that we may speak with one coherent voice, all for the good of this world. 
Amen.